G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. The story. I got to the age of 20, I hadn't even been asked out by a boy, which just completely intensified what my dad had been saying to me. And I just thought, you know, I could just drive into that tree. There's no point. Why should I continue? But as I was thinking that, a phrase came into my mind, hang in there, I've got more for you. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, many people wear masks around other people. We are one thing to one group of friends and we're a completely different person amongst another group of friends. Jenny Myoni struggled with this as a teenager because of her lack of self-confidence. Her struggle intensified after she left school until finally, at the breaking point, she cried out to God for help. Today, Jenny will share her inspiring story with us as she has a chat with Shelley Scowen. Jenny, thanks so much for joining us. Not a problem, Shelley. Thank you. You had a somewhat difficult childhood, didn't you? Can you tell us about what life was like for you as a kid? Um, well, I was born in Albury in New South Wales. My majority of my years were down in Melbourne along the beach. I lived with my grandparents until I was about eight because my mum had to leave my dad when she was heavily pregnant with my sister and I was about 10 months old because of the abuse. My dad was physically abusive and emotionally and verbal abusive to my mum and she felt that she could no longer stay in the relationship and keep us girls safe. That's a horrible situation for anyone to be in and I guess you're grateful to a degree that she protected you from that. But it also made life difficult for you, I guess, being stretched between the three households. It did. It wasn't so bad when we were younger. Mum and Dad didn't have set rules as to when he could see us or not see us and that kind of thing. So it made things a lot more flexible with what can be done. And we used to live at my grandparents' place until I was eight. So there was that protection there as I big family unit, I suppose, and having the older people there just to be able to be a guiding light for mum as well as my sister and I. Mm, What a blessing, hey? So great to have the generations together to be able to be that support. As we mentioned in the intro, you found that you were being a bit of a different person to your dad, to uh, your mum and to your friends at school. What did that look like for you? So for me, it was the case of with my dad, I was in survival mode. I wanted to protect myself as well as my sister, being the older sister, only by about 14 months, but I really felt a burden to protect her and protect myself from dad's verbal abuse and emotional abuse that he portrayed upon us. From an early age, I wore glasses and I also wasn't the thinnest child, so he would tease me about being four eyes and he would tease me about being fat and that no one would love me. Why would they want to love me when I was so fat and ugly? Mm. Um, he had me on diet before I was 10 years of age. And I just felt if my dad can't see my positives, if he can't um, just be able to speak nice things to me, then who else would? Mm. And my confidence was shot right from an early age because I couldn't trust my dad to be that loving support 
that I thought that should be. Um, some of my friends, I would go to their houses, their mum and dad, their dad was joking with them, having a great time, looking like they were really supportive, and then I would go to my dad's house, and he was an alcoholic, so a lot of the times he was drunk, and he'd just be speaking words of hurt into our lives. On the outside, my sister and I, there was nothing wrong with us, no one saw anything, but on the inside, we were so damaged and hurt, it's taken a long time for me to get through that. Mm-hmm. Um also, with my friends and their lifestyles, I didn't feel like I fitted in because, number one, I was from a divorced household and there wasn't a lot of divorced household then. And also, I didn't want my friends knowing what was going on because I didn't want to be different. I wanted to be normal. So I acted differently around them. And then at home, my mum was working up to four jobs plus putting herself through school plus educating and supporting us. I didn't want to cause her any more pain by knowing how hurt I was. So I was just hiding so much and holding on to so much that in the end it just got to me once I left home. Mm. And like you said, it was the fact that he was so unsupportive was obviously very hurtful to you. Did you start to believe the things that he was saying as well? Oh, absolutely. Particularly, I think... When a father speaks to a daughter in a way that is so degrading and hurtful, it just tears away at your insides. And I absolutely felt like I was not worth anything and that why was I around? I didn't fit in with my friends. I didn't like the person I was with when I was around my dad. And mum was working so hard I didn't want to bother her. Mm. So I was just at a stage where I actually can't remember a time not feeling like that um, when I was younger. The only glimmer of hope that I had was when I went to high school, my friend dragged me along to Christian group. So at this Christian group, I actually gave my heart to the Lord when I was 13. I didn't understand the relationship that you could have with God, but not at all. I didn't realize you could have a personal and passionate relationship with God. So I didn't understand at all what I had done. I just knew that God was real and that Jesus came to die for me on the cross, but I didn't understand anything else. So my life continued relatively the same. But at this Christian group, there was a lady that came in We called her the cake lady because she brought in the most scrumptious, yummy cakes that we all just absolutely loved. It wouldn't be all the time. It was just every now and again, she would just pop in. We didn't even know she was coming. She'd pop in with these cakes. And I often thought, why would someone who doesn't know us go to the effort to make a cake and bring it in just so that we could enjoy it? And it really showed what servanthood was about in Jesus. And God. She was making the sacrifice to bring that cake to us. She was showing us practical love. And honestly, uh, well, I found out years, well, a few years later that she actually knew my family. I didn't know who she was when she first started coming to the Christian group. So, you know, the small circles and that kind of thing. So she really started showing me this love. Isn't that awesome? And what an encouragement to people who have relatively unseen ministries out there. I mean, it's not like she was leading worship or anything like that. Uh, She was just making cakes on a very occasional basis and dropping it into the local school uh, Christian group. And just listen to the impact that that's had on your life. What an incredible testimony for people that are out there doing those unseen ministries. It really can make a massive difference, hey? 
It can absolutely. I often say to people, just that one smile at someone, you have no idea what that one smile to that one person means. It might have been the only smile that they've seen from somebody for months. You just don't know. And that one smile could be the difference between them going, am I worthwhile or am I not? Yeah. It doesn't even cost you anything to show God's love to somebody. You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with Jenny Myoni, who struggled with her self-confidence as a teenager because of the struggles she was facing in her family. We've just heard how God planted a seed of hope in her life. Next, we'll hear how she finally reaches the breaking point and calls out to God. All that and more when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're back with more of Shelley Scowan chatting with Jenny Myoni who struggled with her self-confidence as a teenager because her father was continually putting her down. However, as we'll hear, God helps her to see that she is precious in his sight. So then what happened? You kept on going to this Christian group at the school. The cake lady kept on coming. What kind of an impact did the cake lady have in your life? Uh, Did she ever get to speak to you or, or anything like that? She joined in in the Bible studies that we did at the Christian group and offered, I suppose, a grandparent kind of role in the group. But as I said, she came in probably once every six weeks or so. We didn't even know that she was coming, but it was just the fact that she was there for us that really spoke, well, spoke to me. I I can't speak for anyone else that was in the group, but she really spoke to me in that respect. So that kept you going in high school, but you still had those identity problems, like, you know, which me is actually me? And I think a lot of teenagers go through a form of that in high school, and that is, you know, in some ways a bit of a rite of passage where they are kind of figuring out the world. But for you, it was obviously a a much more intensified situation. But then when you left school, things became a lot more difficult, didn't they? Yeah, they did. When I left school, I was actually asked to go to a Christian leadership camp that was run by Scripture Union. And on that camp, there was my roommate had a really bad night one night and we sat there praying for her and I called a leader in and we just spoke. She spoke about her life and the issues that she was having with her family and she just went through all different bits and pieces like that. And at the end of it, she really felt supported and loved But then overnight, God was really impressing on my heart that there was something that I need to deal with. And so the next day in the afternoon when I had a free time, I went to one of the leaders and I said, look, I really feel there's something I need to shift. I'm not quite sure what it is, but can we pray? And so we sat down and prayed and the leader said to me, Jenny, you know you can't compare God with your earthly father because your earthly father is flawed. You know, because the scriptures say God is a loving father. God wants the best for you and all this kind of stuff. But when you don't have that example of a loving earthly father that isn't abusive, then you don't know what a loving father can be. And so I was comparing God to my dad 
And I wasn't understanding at all the breadth of love that God has for us. Mm. So that day, it was broken off my life, and I actually started to understand the love that God had for me. I started crying, and I cried for a very long time. Unfortunately for the other camp members, they went on a hike. And as I started crying, it started raining. And as it started raining, I really felt that God said to me, your pain is understood, and I feel it as well. It's validated. It's a valid feeling that you have had. Mm. but he's now broken over your life. Because it must grieve God's heart as well to see you struggling with these things through no fault of your own. It was, you know, people who have had an impact in your life and here you are struggling with these things for so many years. It really must have broken God's heart for you. Exactly. I only believe that God was crying at the same time because of the feeling that I had and that really showed me that God's heart breaks for situations as well. Mm. He's not a stone-faced God that doesn't care. He actually feels what we are going through. He sent Jesus to the cross so that we could have a relationship with him, and that relationship is back and forth. He wants us to have that personal relationship. And so when I'm hurting, he hurts for me because he understands what's happening. Actually, he understands better than what we do, what is happening, because he knows the whole situation. So that was kind of a breakthrough for me. But my thought pattern still didn't change quite then. Uh, When I left home at 20 and I came up to regional Victoria, which I am in regional Victoria now, I moved in with friends that didn't have the same beliefs as me, did not have the same upbringing as me. And I felt it intensified and made me feel even more alone. I didn't have any of my support structure. I knew no one where I moved to. And... I became to have suicidal thoughts. I felt worthless. I felt unloved. I got to the age of 20. I hadn't even been asked out by a boy, Mm. which just completely intensified what my dad had been saying to me. And so with my support structures not there, I just felt so alone. And I just thought, you know, I could just drive into that tree. If I just drove into the tree everything would be finalised. I wouldn't have to deal with this anymore. No one would care. Who would care? You know, I'm worthless, you know. My dad thinks that I'm not going to be loved and, you know, no boy has even asked me out. You know, I'm going to be able to deal with life. There's no point. Why should I continue? Mm. But as I was thinking that, a phrase came into my mind. Hang in there. I've got more for you. Just hang in there. I've got more for you. So that continued for months. It just went over and over. And the battle between, I just want to end it, but hang in there. I've got more for you. Just went back and forth, back and forth. Probably, I'd say about six months later to eight months later, I just went, God, I cannot do this anymore. You know, you have to do something. Otherwise, I will not be here. And so... That was a cry out that I did. A week later, one of the leaders from the Scripture Union camp I went to, back when I was 18, rang me and said, Jenny, we need a cook at our camp for this year's leadership camp. The cook that was going to do it is unable to do it and we really need you to come in. Are you able to do it? Because she had known that I worked at a nursing home as a cook and kitchen hand. So she said, can you please come in and do this? 
and I went, well, I don't know. It's a busy time at work. They probably won't give me the time off. But I went to my boss and she said, no, that's a great opportunity. Go and do it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Radio. So I rang back and I said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So I did the training in that that you need to do to be able to be a leader at the camp. And I went and did the camp. And at the camp, one of the leaders came up to me and he said, you're looking for a church, aren't you? And I'm like, yes, I am. And he said, God told me to come over here and give you the name of this church because he knows you've been looking for a church and you need somewhere to be stable in. So I finished up at the camp and the next weekend I went to the church and that gave me the stability I needed and the turnaround I needed in my life. Uh, A few months later I was baptised and since then I've been regularly going to church all the time. Previous to that I couldn't find a church I found at home in I just felt like there was nothing that gelled with me, but this church gelled with me. And that was a real turnaround. I started to actually know my worth in God. I mean, the Bible is full of scriptures that say how much God loves us. We're formed in our mother's womb by God. You know, we're so precious to God. It just goes on and on. And I started learning that. I still had the voices going around in my head, though, at the words that Dad had put into my head over many years. It was a battle for probably into my mid-twenties until God said to me, you know what, you need to stop listening to the what people say to you. You need to stop listening to the words that do not align with my word. You need to look to me for your self-worth and how precious you are in me rather than listening to the negative words that people say about you. Mm, so true. And I... Exactly, and that was the revelation that I needed to be able to move forward in a healthy mindset because, you know, we need those breakthroughs. We need to know how precious we are in God. And often, like even when I've been preparing to speak to you, Shelley, you know, I was saying, what is my story? Who am I to think that my story is worthwhile being heard around Australia? What makes me so special? And I sat there and I just went, no. That's not what God's word says. God says I'm created specifically for a purpose, that we are all created specifically for a purpose, that we are loved, and not only loved by God, but we're beloved by God. And he knows the plans he has for us. And part of those plans is to share our testimony so that his kingdom can be enlarged. Mm. He's given me bones and all, bad times, good times, whatever, he's given me this testimony to enlarge his kingdom and to be there for others that have gone through similar issues or maybe are still going through similar issues. There's no age limit on the issues that I've been talking about. No. You know, you can be, as you said to me, teenagers and have these issues, but you can also be adults and have these thought patterns. And it's a daily battle to be able to say, no, I need to focus on what God says about me. You know, I need to focus on that because he cares for us. He delights in us. He has won the victory over all of this with Jesus' death and resurrection from the cross. 
And you've learnt to get your identity from Christ rather than from people. Exactly. There's a lot of verses in the Bible which I'm sure you have discovered and probably still discovering about what God says that you are and how much He actually loves you. And not just you know exactly. everyone else, but He loves you individually and He created you with a, a special purpose in mind. Isn't that just mind-blowing, hey? Absolutely. Like I often look to Psalms 139, 13 to 15. God formed you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's no errors in God's kingdom. If you're a bigger build, you're that build to be able to relate to somebody, Mm. to be able to show God's love for somebody. If you're athletic, that athleticism for God's kingdom. You know, if you are mind-blowingly fantastic at science, Use that for God's kingdom. Yeah. If you can relate really well to people, use that for God's kingdom. If you're fantastic at making cakes, yeah. use that for God's kingdom. Yeah. We are all with specific talents to be able to enlarge God's kingdom and show his love to others so that they can know their worth in him. And I love the part of your story where you have mentioned all of these people that have been pivotal in your life. There was the cake lady. Uh, there were the leaders at the Scripture Union camps that you went to and that you served at. Uh, all these people that had given of their time and resources to serve God, not necessarily knowing what the outcome would be. I mean, they might be listening now and going, wow, that's pretty amazing. I never realized I had that impact on Jenny. Uh, but you've actually started giving back yourself as well. Uh, you have actually uh, done some work with some disengaged youth. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Yeah, so for 19 years, I worked at a drop-in centre, being able to speak back into other other people's lives. Being with the background that I had, I really, and I still do and still want to be completely involved with disengaged youth and being able to speak into their lives because I want to be the cake lady. I can bake cakes and my friends will say, yes, you can. But <laughs> <laughs> this is really what I want to do in showing God's love. I I want to be a, an ear. I want to be there for their families. You know, I want to just be able to support them in what they need. And a lot of, like, being a small town that I'm in, kids will come up to me, Jenny, Jenny, this, is, this has happened or that has happened. And they're so excited. And just that you spend the time to listen to what they are saying, when sometimes they don't get that from an adult. And at times I've, you know, something has happened and I've said to them, look, I'm really sorry that's happened. And they've looked at me with this face. They've never heard an adult apologise to them. Mm. Or care about their situation. Care about their situation and apologise if you've had a role in that situation. Some kids have never had an adult care enough to apologise to them mm. if there's been something that they've been involved with that's hurt that child. Yeah. I mean, my dad never... The only time he apologised was when God asked me to go and speak to him about the abuse that he did. I was petrified, but, you know, God asked me to. I battled with him for months. But I sat down with my dad and I said, Dad, this is... You've been hurting us. This is what you've been doing. You know, when your ex-girlfriend left and she said to you that we were terrified of you... It was actually true, but we weren't strong enough to tell you. And he sat there and he went, you know what, Jenny? Crying, tears down his face, and he said, I thought I was being a better parent than my dad. You know, his dad was actually physically abusive to him, so mm. he had another level of, of abuse as well. 
And he just said, I thought I was being a better dad. I said, you probably were dad, but it still was hurtful and really, really hurtful to my sister and I. And he said, Jenny, if I say anything that hurts you ever again, I will not do it. You tell me and I will not say it again. And he kept that word up until his death. Wow. You know, that's the only time that he ever apologized to me. Yeah. Now, there's so many kids that are living that have parents that do stuff to them, but don't apologize. Yeah. And that is so damaging to the child. Number one, they don't learn how to have proper relationships, but they also are very hurt because most of the time the child knows that it's wrong. And they're just wishing for the parent to say, I am sorry, I should not have acted that way. Yeah. Please forgive me. And it's incredible the difference that we can make in, in kids' lives, uh, even, you know, on other people's behalves if we're not necessarily the one who, you know, perpetrated or anything like that. But like you say, taking an interest in those kids exactly. can mean more than we'll ever know. So just absolutely amazing. That's right. Yeah. And it's such a joy. It's such a joy to be able to speak into other people's lives and just be able to be that. I find it easier being that simple servanthood, you know. I'm, as you say, I'm more a background kind of servant that I, I just want to do little things for people that actually could make a huge difference in the rest of their lives. Yeah. Yep. You never know the impact it'll make. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for sharing your story today. I'm sure it's been a real encouragement to lots of people, uh, especially those uh, serving behind the scenes, but also maybe those who uh, know some disengaged youth or youth going through a tough time that they might be able to uh, do something kind for today. Uh, Thanks so much for sharing your story, Jenny. My pleasure, Shelley. Thank you so much for the opportunity. That was Shelley Scowen chatting with Jenny Moyoni who struggled with her self-confidence throughout her life, but as we heard, God touched her heart and taught her that she is precious in His sight. And now she is helping others who lack self-confidence as well, teaching them about the wonderful love that God has for them, and that's fantastic. Well, Jenny said verses that really helped her realise her true self-worth were Psalm 139, verses 13 to 15. For you formed my innermost parts, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I will give thanks and praise to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being intricately and skillfully formed. And that's great news for all of us. And it gets even better, because while we were yet sinners, God sent his son, Jesus, to die for us so that we can be forgiven and have eternal life. Our Heavenly Father loves us from even before we were born until today, and we can walk in confidence of His never-ending love for us. That's such great news. Well, thanks for joining us for Jenny Myoni's story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I failed, and I wasn't elected, and so uh, suddenly uh, the day after the 1998 election, at the end of 98, I was unemployed. So I I guess I needed to find a job. So I went to see some friends at the Bible Society. It's an organisation I've had a lot of involvement with over the years and said, what can you do with a used politician? And they came up with a plan. Uh, Long story short, they wanted us to go to Mongolia. 
John Bradford has gone from being a federal member of parliament to being an overseas missionary with stops in London, Mongolia and the United States. He's written about his adventures in his book, An Abundant Life from MP to Missionary, The Life and Times of John Bradford. We'll hear his story next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.